0: You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Hey there, you whippersnappers. That's right, that's the whippersnappers. So that was sent in by Case Hodges, who could only be a great grandpa who figured out how to use Twitter. Now, I know his name sounds like a youngster, and his picture looked like a youngster too, but I'm assuming that may, must be a picture of his grandson. So thank you, Case Hodges. Now, if you have any semi-derogatory yet loving nicknames, send them in at hashtag bcpodintro. Got a lot of funny ones last week. Keep sending them in. I'll use them. The main thing I want to express to you guys this week is the biggest thank you in the world for all of the support and money we raised with the Emory You Were Never Alone crowdfunding campaign. We got $110,000. So needless to say, we are in Mexico now, probably not coming back, probably not going to make a record. I think we can do pretty well down here for a long time with that money. Sorry about that. And thanks again. Our guest today is former pastor Ryan Bell, who is now an atheist. We had a great time interviewing him. Very cool, very smart guy. Now, on our Facebook, Joey has made a discussion about today's episode, and he wants you guys to come over there and weigh in. So do that at some point during this episode while you're listening or afterwards also please like our facebook page while you're over there that's one way we really like to communicate with you and we don't really have a ton of likes over there we actually get more podcast listens every week than we even have likes on the facebook page entirely so let's fix that all right one last thing i want to talk about before we get started is we are very very happy that in the next couple of weeks we're going to be rolling out some new sponsors for the podcast So hopefully that'll be successful and we can uh, even ramp up our operation, maybe even record more than one episode a week is what we'd like to do. So if you, your company, your organization is interested in sponsoring the Bad Christian Podcast, all you got to do is reach out to us in email at podcast at badchristian.com and we'll talk about it. Maybe we can make it happen. We are looking for sponsors. Would you like to hear us talk about your product on the air? Yes. Would you like all of our listeners to buy your product? Duh. Yes. So email us for more information. And now, sit back, get comfortable, and listen to Toby and I be extremely mean to our best friend Joey for the next hour and a half. Are y'all ready? (laughs) Are you ready, man? I am ready. Oh, shit.
1: (laughs)
2: All right, here we go. Depression, irritable bowel syndrome, (laughs) obesity.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) this is the best. (laughs) Christian, all right. So is it my job, Toby, to guess what that was? A three, two, one countdown of? (laughs) Yeah. Well, my best best guess is those are the three problems in descending order of what plagued Joey. Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Bad Christian Podcast, everybody. Today on the show, I forgot, where's my crowd at? All right. Welcome to the show, everybody. Our guest today is former Pastor Ryan Bell who is now uh, living as an atheist for one year, and he's going to share with us uh, how that process has been. He was uh, formerly a pastor and preacher and everything else, and now he's trying to live completely as an atheist, so he's going to have some interesting stuff to stay. Um, So, Joey mentioned right before we went on the air here that he is, in fact, depressed. Joey, is that true in real life, or are you just kidding? Nah, I feel kind of (laughs) crummy.
2: (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry that I started the podcast. It really gave me the giggles. I'm sorry.
0: So are you crummy or depressed right now? Which is it? I I feel depressed. I mean, is there something that triggered it?
1: No, you, you know, I think that um we had a conversation this morning with a bunch of pastors, just like a theological discussion. Some pastors came into uh, our office from other campuses and just talked about really tough subjects like hell and predestination and, um, you know, different belief systems and stuff, probably some of the similar things we're going to be talking to our guest about. So I would, um, I would think that our interview today on this show will bum me out even worse (laughs) to be honest with you. I just, uh, but I don't think that's the only thing. I think that, um, sometimes comments on bad Christian, uh, get me down. Uh um, but I am I mean, but you you say this would happen
0: regardless of those triggers or you... I,
1: I guess that's an I don't know. Sometimes something definitely triggers it and I can kind of feel myself going downhill. From... I ask you this
0: stuff because I don't I mean, I don't really identify at all. And I don't think I could ever say that I even ever have been, you know, depressed. I've been sad, I guess not very often, but depression, I don't have it really actually any clue what you're even talking about when you say that
1: well i don't I, i'm i'm trying to get out of this i'm sure you have other questions or maybe not do you want to ask him any, any more questions
0: no but i mean how are you going to be a good uh, host today on the podcast or are you going to be a real drag all day is all i want to know no i don't think i'm gonna be a drag all right tell yeah. us something hilarious yeah. then
1: well i don't think it's hilarious well it is kind <laughs> of funny so so toby and i we both uh live in charleston we have the same uh pediatrician for our kids now i just can't express and i want toby to chime in here this guy walks into the room and you have got your kids there and it's just like he lights up the room he's got unbelievable uh people skills very kind you express concerns about your kid and if they're stupid he treats them like they're super intelligent uh if you're overreacting or worrying he puts your mind at ease He just always knows what to say. The dude prayed over my kids one time after looking at them and after analyzing them. He freaking prayed for them. I mean, how awesome do you get for a doctor to do that? Just great, great, great guy. Takes his time. So I could go on and on. My wife last week suggests to him that he listens to the Bad Christian podcast. What's my response, uh, Priscilla?
0: I don't know why you did that. I'm and the she's same way like, "Why?" Whenever people ask, like, I try for like nobody I really know super good to listen to it, but they yeah, kind
1: of. She's like, "Why?" She's like, "I, I guess I'm kind of embarrassed about it." And then <laughs> I was just like, "I can't believe I'm saying I'm embarrassed of it," but. I was just like, well, here it goes. Like, we are going to see how he reacts. And I was thinking to myself, yeah, I mean, he's probably just going to treat us a little differently and stuff. We immediately that day start getting texts from him. LOL. Uh, You know, I couldn't stop laughing. I was trying to shave. And Matt said what he did about his daughter being an it. And I just couldn't stop laughing. Thanks a lot. And he is loving it. I think he has listened to every single podcast. And so Toby and I were just like, I think this guy's perfect.
2: Yeah. I mean, th- this guy is, I mean, we, one of the, when we moved back to South Carolina, one of the things we thought listed as a, a pro was, Hey, we'll be, we'll get to be around him again. Yeah. Uh,
0: I mean, you like, guys are be, sucking we'll- up now. Cause you know, he's listening to the daggum now, podcast.
2: Well, no, because <laughs> I, wh- when I found, when I actually found out he was listening, I was like, Oh no, this is going to be horrible. How am I going to look him in the face? <laughs> I feel miserable. And he even did that perfectly though. Like he supported us but joked around, you know, like it, like it was like the perfect line of. He probably doesn't agree with everything we say, but it's still very supportive and I'm just like, golly, it's just it, it, hopefully one day we find out he is like a mass murderer." Or yeah, something. hopefully <laughs> something something wrong with him. Like it. something bad like he, like he has a terrible secret at least, right? He's got to have a terrible if secret. Not- I tell you one thing that
0: I, that I, that's funny about that is that uh one, i mean that's what we do and people always want to talk to us about th- this is what we do and everything but i bet you he doesn't like it if you were constantly texting him health questions well,
2: uh actually, we do really <laughs> we do actually joey and priscilla text him all the time and even like when he's on vacation with his family at Disney text World text him <laughs> as personal
0: number your doctor, yes, he wants he, us he, to he Answered. <laughs> do you think well, he could be awesome. my doctor over skype
2: then if he's so awesome he probably could be. I mean, I'm not kidding. No one has a better bedside manner or anything. I he mean,
1: probably like... is a black belt in karate. Toby says he is yeah, a better did, musician. Well, yeah,
2: well, I was telling him about my band. He's like, oh, yeah, I actually lead worship in my church. I was like, what? He <laughs> <laughs> probably can play like every instrument. It probably has the voice of an angel. This is like, golly. Well,
0: hopefully we will find the skeletons in his closet soon because we can, I can't <laughs> live with that. It's just too much. <laughs>
2: He he is the real deal, man. I honestly think he'd be a good podcast guest. Yeah, he probably would be. He'd be very entertaining for sure. Well,
1: not only entertaining, but I think he probably had. No, I know he has a great balance on like God's healing and then medicine. Yeah, I true. mean, any doctor that would say, "Hey, here's what we need to do medically, but let's also just pray." I mean, that's that's a great balance. So,
2: so that's really. I'm I'm glad that he took it that way. That's almost like a, I, I just love that when people go, "Take us with a grain of salt. Like everything we say isn't right or." Even funny or good sometimes, but we're yeah, just that being real. Yeah, that makes me nervous with people so.
0: that I don't know personally at all, like if somebody I just met or something like that. You know, like yeah. if my wife's boss or whatever, yeah. something like that.
2: My mom actually called Jess. My mom called Jess the other day and was just—they were kind of talking. She said, after they had been talking for a little bit, she said, "Jess, what is this bad Christian thing?" <laughs> uh, and Jess was Jess trying to tell her a little bit, but I was like, "Please, you know, don't, I don't want my mom or my dad." Well, how does she
0: know about it at Listening
2: all? to it. I think through her sister's Facebook stuff, oh, they boy. probably talk about it some. My mom, I don't, my, own, my mom's not on Facebook, doesn't have a smartphone or anything, so she's not there yet, but eventually she will be at some point. But, yeah, she, she just kind of secondhand hears, hears about it.
0: Well, I know my parents are. I don't like it one bit.
2: Is your dad like a full-time listener now, man? No, he said
0: he listened to our blog with Chopper and that blog with Seth so far. <laughs> that's all.
1: So maybe
2: it's only
0: for people he knows.
2: He listens to it. I don't
0: know. I know my mom listens to
1: it. Hey, what do y'all think about, I keep hearing people say, that humbled me, or man, that's a super humbling experience. I just don't, I do not get that terminology at all. It, it, I, I'm almost even offended because the context is usually, oh my gosh, I am so humbled that we have 700 people here tonight.
0: Yeah, it usually means the opposite of humbled. I think you're right about that. I just don't understand it. Oh, I'm so
1: humbled to hear that you would ask me to speak at this engagement. What is
0: that? Yeah, I'm so humbled that we got uh we made our goal on our Kickstarter. I'm so I'm humbled that we that I won this Academy Award.
1: Yeah, I mean what does that what does that mean? How how does that humble someone? I mean it means I, the opposite. It means well, now I know for sure I'm awesome. No, but what are they trying to say then? I just don't They're trying get it. to
0: say, it's like a humble, that's what humble brags are is when you try to say, you like, what you don't want it to say is, I know I'm awesome. So you say the opposite of that, but that's all it means is you think
2: you're awesome now. The worst <laughs> is when people say humble.
0: Yeah, why do they say that? I don't know. Is it's
2: that like an herb. alternative pronunciation? You know
0: what? You know, people do that all the time on the radio and stuff. And they say, the one that kills me is human beings. Yeah, yeah human. You hear that? Yeah, I hear they say, that. That's not that's not human or something, and I can't understand. it. I always think, is there some effect on the radio that makes it like takes out H's, like a pop stopper, a or Is there something Maybe that there takes is. out the H
2: sound? Because I it, it sounds so arrogant for people to leave off the the H. I have always thought, no matter what, that I want to call them herbs, not herbs. Herbs. I think that's. I think that should be totally okay. Like I, I I'm. Uh, I was reading an article. Uh, it's like why? a short little blog. Why First does that need to be okay? Because I don't understand why. Why do you need the H then? Well,
1: then why do you? Why don't we call it lasagna? I mean, there's all I sorts agree. of words. I agree
0: with you. I want to call it lasagna. Lasagna or lasagna. Some people think we should change the whole language to phonetic only, and just eventually people will get you know this the way we write now will be totally outdated and just unused like old English, and we'll be all phonetic in the future.
2: It really bothers me, but anyway, I was reading an article about it too. The thing that really gets me are these like grammar police people or. People that really take pleasure in correcting the like y o u apostrophe r e or y o u r. Well, you should just,
0: you shouldn't know those. Like if you mess them up, it's I probably know. just an accident. So, but yeah. people think you're stupid. You know, kind of well, thing. Well, prob- yeah, the worst the is on is, Facebook. Yeah. If you post on em- don't post on Emory's Facebook if you, unless you got your grammar straight. They'll correct, collect, correct you with a spelling little star instantly. Oh, what? Do that does that all make the time. people feel better about themselves? Oh yeah, way better.
1: Like for me, it's embarrassing. It would be embarrassing for me to correct someone publicly over a stupid grant. Like, like I put them in their place, or I look smarter, or something.
0: I yeah, show don't do them it. that I'm. Yeah, smarter. most people feel better when other people are bad. It's the same way as Toby. That's why Toby's always happy when other people get divorced.
2: <laughs> no, I'm not happy when they get divorced. I'm right. There's a huge difference. You can be right and sad.
1: Toby tried to get me to. Bet him.
2: Don't say the name of the
1: that who, the a the a uh, Christian couple um, <laughs> that is widely known in the Christian uh, entertainment industry. He said, "Do you want to make a fifty dollars bet that <laughs> in the next five years they'll be divorced?" <laughs> and Joe- then he said, "He's he's just like, whoa, wait." Let's talk about this on the air. And I looked at him. I was just like, no, I don't want that on the air. He's like, why? I was like, because I want to protect my friend. He's like, who's your friend? I was like,
2: you. Thank you for your protection. Yeah, I
1: don't want you to say that online because it's a horrible thing to say. I
2: don't think it's that horrible. I mean, people get divorced all the time. So you want to make 50 bucks off their divorce? No, I'm saying I might lose 50 bucks. I could be wrong. That's what I'm saying. I I didn't. But is there a part of you that's just like. That'd be really cool if I if I showed Joey I was right. Yeah, maybe. I well, think that What's that'd wrong be right. with
0: you? <laughs> but you him. don't want to say the name of him on air, at least. That's he all. did. No, he did.
2: Oh, he did want to do that. But I you changed your mind air. on that, Toby? Well, it could just be mean to them. I, I mean, would you want to hear that
0: on a podcast? Like, how would you take if somebody on a podcast said, "I I know Toby and Jess a little bit. I think they'll probably break up
2: challenge i'd love that best, yeah yeah personally i, 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 I don't care i it 's my juice is flowing somebody tells me jess and i're getting a divorce i guarantee you we're not getting a divorce so, <laughs> i'll take I that like 50 that. Well, I'll that's, $50 like, that's bet. like
0: my idea of reverse marriage insurance do you remember that toby i told you yes that. i do man now, I, thought it was I don't idea. think i told you about it but y'all check this out so here is how the, my reverse marriage insurance uh will work Essentially, I don't want people to get divorced. So what I'm going to do, just like uh, thinking like an economist, I'm going to incentivize people not to get divorced because we all know that divorces right. are very expensive. There's tons of legal fees and stuff like that. And a lot of times when people get divorced, they wind up going bankrupt and stuff like that anyway. So when a couple, when they have the least amount of money is when they're getting married, though. They're poor, and they're trying to pay for a wedding, and get their, get themselves started. So here's what I want to do. I want to offer couples $10,000 when they get married insurance against them getting divorced. It's really more of a, a bet kind of thing. So if, as long as they stay together, they get to keep the $10,000 forever. But if they get divorced, they owe me back $40,000 or maybe 20000 So a, a, a factor of two or, or three or four, something like that. Right. And that way, if the divorce rate is 50% or whatever, then I will obviously clean up really good for my business. Now, it's also a service to the people getting married because they get money when they need it and all they have to do is stay together in order to never owe me a dime. I'll be investing in their marriage, so to speak. For, to them, and so if they do get divorced, well, guess what? I, that then it'll be it's stayed in there that I'm the first person that gets paid before their stupid lawyers and everything right. else because it's going to go south anyway. It's going to be a mess, and nobody wants to do it. And if anything, I might deter people from getting divorced. But since we know people are going to make a bunch of money, get weird, separate, divorce anyway, at least I will get rich during the process. So now I think reverse
2: I th- m- marriage insurance. I think you would seek out certain couples <laughs> <laughs> more than others right I think hey, well, <laughs>
0: obviously toby you would be my top consultant and sales yeah. rep for sure <laughs> hey, yeah.
2: no you no because toby would say they all i, all, no, all no, no, the I wouldn't say all i wouldn't say all for sure not uh, no i for sure no. not everybody gets hey, what's, boards,
1: but. what's funny is matt is a is very trained and counseling people so i could imagine him if he started doing a lot of premarital counseling,
0: oh yeah, he would I'd sit. He idea. would sit
1: down and like the real the ones that look like they're gonna have a really healthy marriage. He would not mention the insurance, but yeah. ones that look like it's gonna fall. Hey, <laughs> so, I got a question for you oh, guys. I, you would know, go, there,
0: there's some people that think think they can really predict it. There's a scientist from the University of Washington, a psychologist who who's like his prediction rate of people getting divorced is like extremely high, ba- based on if he can interview the couple for like 30 minutes. And I really his, respect he, him. His rate is like super high on that. But when Bridget and I did premarital counseling, we did this stuff. It was at church and everything with a really good counselor that we really like still today. And uh, we took a test and talked about all all kind of stuff, and then basically uh, at the <laughs> time we did it, it was like it, it did not go well at all. Like, it, like yeah. the, all the tests and the signs and everything were like uh, this test we do. He said, Now, this is a secular thing, this doesn't mean anything because we believe in Jesus and all this, whatever. But he showed us where our scores were and stuff like that, and they was really bad. Like, it, we were like definitely not going to make it a premarital <clears throat> kind of uh, assessment from the secular point of view.
2: <laughs> wow, but I mean, th- they still. Supported you getting yeah, married? Yeah, absolutely. Though,
0: right? Yeah, I mean, he just said this is a good thing. He says we don't use this to predict marriages. We we use this to identify where you know areas where you may have problems or where you don't see things the same way. And you know, we talk about it and pray about it. We, Jesus changes people. He does, you know. And so that's what it is. And and I, I love that because I, I of course without Jesus, me and Bridget are divorced. That's a fact. I mean, no doubt about it. So uh, so I don't really take that as a bad thing. And all the areas that it predicted we'd have problems in, I mean are pretty they're pretty right like they were relatively correct as far as that's trouble areas but you know i, I would only say our marriage isn't really rooted in that stuff so it doesn't really matter it kind of is cool so i'm not ashamed of that at all but i think it is funny
2: yeah i would say when you you guys got married i was definitely like uh i don't know <laughs> is it overall my human side was like uh this could be potentially could be really dangerous and i mean we've we all felt that about seth and melanie as well but then i think honestly on the spiritual side i was like well i do believe that god can make this work if they're if they're sold out to Christ, and reason I think both your marriages, like you just said, are together and making is because of Christ. Because otherwise, I think you would cling to that those bad things as reasons to get out. But other but if you got Jesus turned turn to, just like Mark Solomon said last week, I thought it was really cool. He said, you know, if, if a pretty lady walks in and you're a 16 year old kid, uh, you know, if you don't have Jesus you're you're trash man if all you're, you got is rules
0: and and yeah and processes it, to avoid yeah. it yeah you're toast
2: yeah so i mean if, if all you have is just some system to try and handle absolutely uh, your, your problems in your marriage it's not going to be good but if you had the person of jesus christ becoming your identity then i actually think yeah mar- marriages can make and it, you know so.
0: what else is even worse than that is what what the reason your marriage is going to succeed is because how cool and awesome your wife is and how like awesome you are that yeah. then you got no chance cuz that isn't true or going to hold up so it can't be about the qualities of the other person that's not why you're going to laugh so
2: i, I do want to ask you guys so y'all guys do you guys actually think like me betting on like christians failing it, it whatever it might be like if i were to say <laughs> i bet you that in in 10 years 10 famous pastors i think in 10 years five famous pastors might potentially have a moral failing uh i'll bet you a hundred dollars is that actually y'all think that's sinful of me to to do bets I mean, like it that probably is but more than that it just kind of reveals why? some why? sort yeah, of why? some
0: sort of like insecurity or fear or something it reveals something weird about you fundamentally at least i'm not i don't know if it's like
2: well, what do you mean though yeah that's it's no
0: class Oh, i don't i don't know i just think like why are you th- thinking that way so often about other people you know i want to make
2: all. money i don't no, know make some- but i'm
0: just saying <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right. Well, hey, Matt, I think uh, we're going to have a new segment, right? Uh, Yeah, I
0: got a new segment I wanted to try out.
2: Well, tell us a little bit about it before you, can you give us a little introduction to what this is going to be?
0: Yeah, well, you know, I like science. I was doing science before I got into music. I was in pre-med school um, and ultimately decided to do music instead of biology and medicine. I always thought I would be a scientist when I grew up. So I kind of like science, although I'm not trained in any way. I kind of read it leisurely and like it. And I'm always irritated that Christians don't uh, know anything about it, and I always find that uh, you know, irritating. So I thought maybe I'd give a science lesson since you two specifically don't know nothing about science. I thought I could start I not by sure. all right, well, I thought I could start by trying to get y'all interested in it.
2: All right, I'm excited, man. I, I am say. interested in it. All right.
0: Astrophysics, <laughs> chemistry, cellular biology, <laughs>
1: Mathematics <laughs> gravitation, electromagnetism.
0: Evolution, And now it's time for Science Lessons for Christians, because when it comes to science, Christians are stupid. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. is, that, is that an effect or is that just you talking high?
0: Well, that's me talking high.
2: On I mean, there's no there's no effect on your voice.
0: I pitch shifted it one half step.
2: That is hilarious. <laughs> I was just t-
0: talking like, you know, like a robot, science robot chick or something i don't know (laughs) all right so what i wanted to tell you all about today is when when let's just say you're on a random planet somewhere or even on earth from a natural point of view, and I'm not talking about the Big Bang, and I'm not talking about theology. I'm just talking about from a natural point of view when doing yep, science. I'm on,
2: I'm on Planet Nectar.
0: Planet Nectar. When if you're walking around and you were to find something in the ground, let's say a piece of copper or some uranium or or, or really anything at all, it's made up of elements, and uh, the way that all of those elements that get there from all the carbon and all the oxygen and nitrogen to the to phosphorus and everything that we find in the earth. It's every bit of that material was made in the inside of nuclear reactions in the center of a star somewhere that has disintegrated and blown up under supernova. And that's how all of the elements that are in our Earth got here to Earth. Wow. Did you know that, mate? Joey? Uh, no, I did not know that.
1: Dude. I just assumed.
0: Do you know that the center of the sun is nuclear reactions going on there? Did you know that? Um, I've probably heard that before. Like, what causes the the sun to be burning? Essentially, what would be the common thought there?
2: Well, well, Joey, we've talked about that before. Like, Joey's pointed at the sun and said, "What is the sun? What's causing the sun to burn?" And he says it's a nuclear explosion of Jesus's love.
0: Oh, yeah, that's and, right. And then, yeah, that's like one Joey, theory. Yeah,
2: yeah, and then he pointed at like you know some uh, like rocks and stuff and showed me a few different stones and he said these were these came from Jesus's love.
0: Well, that huh. that that could be that is true in a figurative way, I believe. Yeah. Um, and everything did come from God. Of course, I believe that. But I'm just speaking of the actual chemical and nuclear reactions that are going on currently as we
2: speak. So, so in the sun, the question I have about the nuclear bomb, I've heard that before, like the sun has like nuclear bombs going off all the time. Yes. That's what gives us this heat, and so it's a good thing there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's the same thing as a nuclear in a nuclear bomb. What we do is we cause nuclear fission, where you split apart a uranium, an unstable uranium atom, by bombarding it with a uh, neutron, and that that blows that splits in half the uh, the uranium, and then that causes the big reaction, and then that reaction in an H bomb, which is a Another form of bomb that we make it caused then you get such intense heat that you actually cause heat, hydrogen atoms to fuse, and that 's an h bomb and that 's what 's going on in the center of the sun is you have hydrogen atoms uh, that are so tightly compacted because of the gravity of the sun, which is just a collection of hydrogen that it actually forces the the protons and, into smash into each other because the temperature is so hot that they smash into each other and cause a nuclear reaction and fuse into helium and, are and you nitrogen saying that, and carbon and every other element that we know.
2: Are I you think, saying that gravity causes all that that heat?
0: Yes, gravity causes all the heat in in pass in the sense that if you just had two hydrogen atoms in free space, they would attract each other according to the law of gravitation. And so once they got together, when you have several of them, they start to collect together and together. They start bumping into each other um, and they start moving around as they're moving closer and get tightly and tightly packed. And that's what uh, temperature is, is essentially molecular motion. That's all temperature is. So it gets hotter and hotter in that sense. And they move faster and faster.
1: So is the H-bomb the most dangerous bomb?
0: The H bomb? Well, it's uh, it's the biggest bomb. We co- we use nuclear fission, um, to cause fusion, and so it's just a matter of how much of the nuclear material do you have, uh, packed in there. What size the bomb is? But yes, the biggest bomb we have.
1: So basically, if there's a bunch of people in the city, and uh, they knew that there was an H bomb coming, there'd also be
2: a lot of F bombs. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yes, there would be. Joey, every time Joey goes to the bathroom, he when he steps out, he goes, "I just dropped a bomb in there," and it's, it's hotter in that room. It, it is, is hotter. hotter. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. it's
0: very similar. So yeah, essentially, the the center of the of the of the sun is uh, nuclear explosions going off, but they're fusion reactions, not fission reactions. And uh, our our the biggest element that our sun can make is, uh, I believe, it's up to Iron is the is the heaviest element that it can make. To make the heavier elements be heavier than iron, it requires a larger star where the temperature is hotter, even up to twenty million degrees. In which case, that star will eventually have a supernova and explode at much higher energies. And that's where all of our heavy elements heavier elements came from, and then eventually formed the planets.
2: Wow, that is very interesting. Yeah. S- uh, so again, day- that's
0: no commentary whatsoever on Big Bang or anything like that. That's just the the things that you know, we see and planets- observe.
2: Would that mean that all the planets would have similar elements on them then, most likely? Or, like, would some planets have different elements that we don't have? Or well, the interesting irregular? thing
0: about the periodic table is there's no there's no, there's no no elements missing. We have them and we know them all, but based on their atomic structures. There's one proton, then two, then three, and lithium, and so on. So we have all the way up to the heaviest elements that we have that can be synthesized in labs. We have all of the elements here on Earth. So there's no in-between ones, obviously, because there's no half protons, right? So therefore there couldn't be we there couldn't be any other elements on other planets although there could be some different isotopes or something like that I suppose.
2: Well that's crazy man all that stuff came from the same spot like maybe one day we'll be able to visit all the planets and like kind of like Star Trek. Um, Just like Star you Trek. Know. So you know you know what Star Trek and toilet paper have in common?
0: Klingons, something about Klingons or something, right? They
2: circle Uranus and looking for Klingons. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, Star Trek is George's favorite song, the theme song of Star Trek because we watch it so much at home.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Why, that's your wife's favorite show, right? Yeah, as soon as
0: whenever it comes on and it goes boom, 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 George, she turns around from whatever she's doing and runs to the TV and starts uh, smiling and flapping her arms. Wow. I know, it's weird. It's like, and she doesn't do that to anything else, it's just that song.
2: Man, she's gonna be like just an awesome, not nerdy girl.
0: Yeah, I know. She's gonna be totally normal, (laughs) I think.
2: Man, she's right. It sounds like you got a prom queen there. Anyway, thank you for tuning in to
0: Science Lessons for Christians. I'm your host, Matt. That's it.
2: Nice work, Matt. Woo! Oh, I just loved it, Matt. I just loved it. It was wonderful.
1: Matt, i like how you set yourself up as the only christian that knows science that's well, pretty cool well
0: you you were talking with your doctor earlier and i mean he must be smart and know a lot about science and he seems to be a christian so i know there's christians out there that yeah, know I science be, but yeah you know i think it's i think it's funny how people immediately if you start explaining science i know everybody's minds immediately going to what's he saying about god but yeah, that's not what we're just talking about normal stuff that that is observable. You, there's no, there's no.
2: Honestly, I love science. I just don't want them to teach it to our kids in schools. Yeah, just as long as they don't teach it to the kids, it's fine. Do your science. I first. just don't want that. I mean, <laughs> I, I love science. I, I appreciate that. You know, people out there doing great things. Don't teach it to my just kids. Don't teach it to my kids. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, good, I'll, I'll do
0: I'll do evolution or some other more controversial ones eventually. I was just talking about that's just how the regular old nuclear reactions in stars. I thought that was good.
2: I'll tell you what it,
1: um, just intrigued me was I read an article on how um, the biblical age of the earth, and if you take it literal and it's 6,000 years old and there is no way for the amount of oil that has been made um, that we have today on the earth to have been able to be made except— There is a theory of um, Noah and the flood potentially uh, being able to cause that with the immediate um, destruction of trees and all sorts of living things and just the immediate compression and all that stuff. I was like
0: Christian pseudoscience gets a lot of mileage out of that flood thing. That's for yeah. sure. Oh, but, man, uh, yeah. you know, I think all that's, I think that's complete hogwash, obviously. Because here's the thing for me. I definitely love science. I am totally into studying the natural and whatever the best uh, data that makes the most sense is, what, is definitely what we use. Now, that being said, that doesn't speak to anything about supernatural. So I think it's possible for me to explain the stars and the planets and stuff the way I just did. Also, if you had to really pin me down, I'm probably probably a seven day, seven hour period, uh, creationist. I think that's what I believe actually happened, but that really? does, yeah, I think, I think if you had to pin it down, but, but that would be supernatural. Like, so I don't yeah. know. I mean, I don't, I don't really care how I don't, I don't even really care about that. But what I'm saying is when God acts, which he does act and I've seen him act. So that happens too, but that's not natural and you can't account for it when you're trying to do genetics, let's say. So I think it's totally fine to study the natural from a natural point of view.
2: Well, speaking of natural and the earth and God and all that stuff, uh, we have an awesome guest coming up. His name's Ryan Bell, and we will be right back.
0: All right. Podcasting, the way of the future. Just like the Dippin' Dots ice cream.
1: Mmm, I love Dippin' Dots, but not as much as I like
0: and, podcasting. And airless tires and airless tires those are all things of the future podcast is a new it's the upcoming format and we know that a lot of you guys out there are starting and want to start your own podcast uh joey what's a big barrier to starting a podcast
1: well the biggest barrier i think is just how in the world do i get my stuff out there for people to hear
2: i think another barrier
1: for joey is his
2: butt
0: (laughs) (laughs) joey is right though The, the getting your podcast out there is having it hosted And uh, we use Signalleaf.com as a host. They provide us with great analytics, great hosting. It's super fast. It's super reliable. And if you're hearing this podcast, it's streaming to you through Signalleaf.com. They do the technical side.
2: Signalleaf has great customer service as well, man. They will answer any question that you have and uh, really clear things up for you. So that's why we love working with them. You don't want to be left in the cold.
0: So SignalLeaf. Podcast hosting is hosting without the headache. Visit signalleaf.com forward slash bad Christian.
2: And And we're back. (laughs) All right. Well, today we have a former pastor, teacher, theologian who decided to break up with God for a year. He's in the middle of it right now. Um, He's a really cool guy. He has a blog called uh, yearwithoutgod.com uh, He has a documentary coming out and you can check it out at yearwithoutgodfilm.com and his name is Ryan Bell. Ryan, welcome to our podcast.
0: Ryan, what's
2: up?
3: Thanks for having me, guys.
0: Ryan, you're in Los Angeles, aren't
2: you?
0: I am. Well, thank you for joining the podcast and thank you also for joining the bad Christian community today. I tossed you right in there with a tweet, and then our people got straight at you, didn't
3: they? Yeah, they really jumped in on that. <laughs> I'm just, I'm used to it though.
0: I asked them if they had any questions for a, a pastor who was go- who was now pra- uh, trying to live a year as being an atheist, Pastor Ryan Bell. I gave your Twitter name on there, and they started, and if they had any questions for you, and they immediately started arguing with you right there. Is that correct?
3: Yeah. Well, they just, you know, some were just jabbing, you know, kind of having a, a bit of fun. So. We
0: have a yeah. really kind of a lively uh, following, and and they're uh, as Christians tend to be, they can be pretty critical.
3: Yeah, yeah, you know, we can all be. <laughs> I mean, I don't think uh, Christians don't have any corner on the market of being snarky and critical, but <laughs> they, they're also not any uh, less critical <laughs> than, than anybody else.
1: Hey, I, I'll be uh, I'll be honest with you. I, I was asking Toby, and even he was un, a little bit unsure, but. Leaving God for a year experiment, does that mean you're not a Christian for a year? Or are you saying, hey, I'm a Christian, but I'm seeing what it's like to not be in relationship with God? I'm sorry. I actually read a blog post right before this interview, but I'm still not clear.
3: Yeah, I mean, I guess it's hard to know, Like, depending on how you define being a Christian. I mean, if you want to look at it this way, um, I was teaching at a Christian university that had a faith statement that I have to sign and uh, I I didn't I didn't sign the faith statement, so yeah. I'm not teaching there anymore for the time being, at least. So I guess in that sense, yeah, I'm not, I'm actively not a Christian at the moment. Um, though I'm, you know, I'm 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 sensitive to obviously to Christian thought and ideas because I've spent my whole life in that world. Um, but, you know, as an active practitioner of Christianity, I'm, I'm not doing that. But you gotcha.
0: were an active practitioner of Christianity before this decision to do this experiment.
3: Yes, I was. In fact, I was a pastor for almost 20 years. So that's about as active as you can get.
1: Mm-hmm. So so I'm going to come right out and say that I, I personally, none of these questions are to corner you or anything I'm trying to understand. So how would you answer the question? Uh, how do you answer the question? Do you have a relationship with God?
3: I would say at this moment, I'm not. No, I don't have a relationship with God.
0: But that, doesn't that kind of uh, deny the basic tenet of atheism that God doesn't exist, just to say that you don't have a relationship with him? Like he's there, but you're not relating to
3: him? Well, I'm not saying that he's there. I'm just saying like if he's not there, you can't have a relationship with something that's True. not there. True. So I would say, you know, in the sense that I'm performatively entering into an experience of the idea that God is not there, then I, by, by virtue of that, I don't have a relationship with something that's not there.
1: Yes. So it's, so is the point of the experiment to just, to figure out for yourself whether or not God is true or what is it like to be separated from God?
3: I mean, it's, it's for me to decide to help, you know, at least to begin to decide um, if God is there, if there's a God and if it's, and I mean at other levels of that conversation too. So the baseline is sort of, you know, trying to decide for myself if God is there. And, and even if God is there, even if I decide for myself, yeah, I think there's probably a God. Also, you know, the question of whether to be a Christian or whether the Bible is reliable, those are all other questions mm-hmm. that sort of pile on top.
0: So you intend to have this, ex- at the end of this experiment, you you tend to have this experiment to uh, inform you on what to do next. You don't necessarily have a plan that you're going to go back to being a Christian, or you're going to stay this way.
3: No, I don't have a plan at this point. It's all, you know, designed to lead me to a conclusion.
0: I think that's really interesting, uh, and I read this, that you said this too, that if there is a God, if He is real, then He, one, uh, could and can prove Himself during this time, right? and then two that if even if you're being foolish right now you think a a big awesome real god as he is would forgive this what you would call foolishness of trying to pretend like he wasn't real for a year
3: yeah i mean i think god is but my that's the, what i'm trying to say there is that i think god is big enough to handle uh you know my question if he like, exists that say, is yeah if, if god exists and i'm wrong about my questions or my questions lead me to the conclusion that God does exist, then I'm sure, like, like sort of like my children, like I I would want them to question what I teach them, you mm-hmm. know, and to come to conclusions for themselves at a certain age. And and uh, I'm not going to, you know, get on their case for asking difficult questions.
1: Well, let me ask you this. Are there any, um, like when you are a pastor, I'm sure we would agree— um, probably on what a lot of sins were. Are there any? Is there anything that you're doing now and partaking in that you would have thought as a sin back then? But since you're in an experiment that God doesn't exist, you're just like, well, hell, I'll I'll look at porn or I'll. Um, I'll kill a prostitute. Yeah, I'll kill a Have prostitute. You thought
3: that? <laughs> yeah, I've been watching more Dexter. And, <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, p- people say I look like Dexter, so I was thinking, you know, I yeah, could kind of do actually. I watched
2: I watched all the seasons of Dexter. Yeah, you kind of do look. <laughs>
1: but I I I want to stick with this question though. Are you are you way more loose with your Has morals? Has it changed because, your
2: morality?
3: No, I don't think so. Like I think uh I mean, I'm I was an immoral person before and I'm an immoral person now. (laughs) I mean, I think I'm, do you care less? No, I don't care less. I don't care less. I feel, um, in, in some ways I care more. Um, because if there's no God and this life is all we have, then we have to put even more intentionality into making it count and doing the right thing and, and being people that not only add value to our own lives, but, to the lives of others, so I think a lot of times, you know, Christians have a, uh, an escape plan, you know, we, we have, you know, Jesus is going to come and take us somewhere else or set up his kingdom here on earth, and even if we screw this one up, there's a backup plan, kind of like, you know, playing a video game and you get another life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you don't have another life, like if you're, you know, jumping out of an airplane for real, you have to make sure that the, the parachute works, you know, like you don't get a do-over. Right. And, if you don't get a do over in life, then you, you really have to pay attention to this one, which could lead some people i see what you mean to say, "Well, screw it, I'm just going to you know be a bad person but i I'm not like inclined to be a bad person i don't you know I mean we're all bad people at some level, but i I don't think I have a desire to like go out and tear up the town or something
0: Mm -hmm. i think that's interesting we talked about that i think even on the last podcast toby and i both feel like if there was no god if we didn't believe it was true if it wasn't confirmed for us then we would probably go into somewhat of a uh a tailspin of immorality
3: you guys were saying i think you were saying that on on last week's podcast that you you would like be serial killers right Yeah, i think
0: i might be I, i mean to me that sounds reasonable uh but that that comes from a place for me of where uh before i was a christian before i knew god was real before it was supernaturally imposed on me that that was a real thing i think i was headed down a path that would have been darker that would that would that would only have been about me and therefore i would be bound by no morals other than what would benefit me so even morality for an atheist is like a a, a thing that's beneficial to them so if god yeah. wasn't real i would only want to do what would benefit me so if i could get away with something bad and it would benefit me i would
3: yeah, I, I think um morality, just to touch on that one more time, I think I, I think our morality comes from a sense of our common humanity and that we are um sometimes we need, you know, morality imposed on us from the outside, which is why we have police, you know. So mm-hmm. we'd probably we'd all probably all try to drive hundred miles an hour down the interstate if if we could, um, just because we're at that level selfish and want to get where we're going faster. So there are some external controls um, that are, that are needed. Although if you talk to some free market capitalists, you know, they would say actually no controls are needed and Mm -hmm. things will turn out just fine. But I don't think that if if, if a person really needs a divine superintendent, you know, to keep one on a path of morality, I have to really question sort of something deeper. You know, I, I don't, most most uh, atheists would identify as humanists, and I think the humanist ideal is simply that we all share a common humanity, and that life is preferable to death, and you know human flourishing is a concept that we sort of generally understand as mm-hmm. you know be- being able to pursue pr- pursue life and liberty and um, freedom and all of that. And I think you know those are the things that are ideals that whether you're Christian or not, or whether you have God as an idea in your life or not, you know people focus their lives on those good ideals um because anyway. they're mutually
0: beneficial to everyone
3: yeah yeah they're life. mutually beneficial right being a serial killer i think it wouldn't take a very high moral standard to come to the conclusion whether you're a deist a, a theist or a atheist that that doesn't benefit anyone you could you could also say it doesn't benefit the serial killer psychically as well that the, the mm-hmm. toll that that would take on a person's psyche True. must must be intense
1: Yeah, I mean, I I just think that – I mean, I want to state my position with all this and just saying, man, I I applaud you because if – I have to say that if I was living my life not believing in God, I wouldn't care about humanity. I would want to care – but I just don't think I'd be able to. So, I mean, it almost makes me feel like I'm, I'm a super crappy person. But well, we've
0: seen that time and time again, and we've, we've talked about that a lot on the show, is that we do see that non-Christian and Christians' morality and behavior actually is pretty similar. It's not that different. Uh, Christian people cheat and get divorced and hurt people just about as much as non-Christian people do. So if Christianity is about morality, it's totally failing, right? Right.
3: Well, and also you, you have a God that's pretty immoral as well. I mean, I, you know, in a way, like you have so many instances where if you take the Bible, depends on how literally or seriously you take the Bible, but you know, you have God commanding the Israelites to wipe out entire, you know, people groups, uh, in, in, in the new, in the old Testament, you have God wiping out all the, 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 um, you know, besides Noah and his family and the entire human family. And, you know, and so it's, there are some questionable, uh, you know, at the best, you know, morality, even when it comes to the Bible itself, is the Bible a moral document.
1: Yeah. Now, do you think, though, that God and humanity, don't you think there's a significant distinction with what's permissible to him and what's permissible to us? I mean, it's, if he created humanity, it seems like there could be things that he does that we see maybe in a negative light, but is for the overall good.
3: Right. I mean, I think you have to go there. Um, That's the only thing that you could say. The God God sees a bigger picture, right? The God has a bigger view. And from God's view, you know, the death of my child, just to be clear, my child hasn't passed away, so you don't have to feel bad about that. But like the death death of my child is in some way part of God's overall plan or something like that. And I mean, I think to most non-Christian, that just sounds perverse.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Well, I would say it only because the it, it's so short-sighted. I guess a Christian would say, "Well, we have eternity," and, and a non-Christian would say, "You know," or or a, a non-believer, I guess, an atheist would say, "Yeah, we have eighty, ninety years tops," and so this is all I got. So, I mean, I, I look at it like whatever God says is would be right. If my child dies today, I'm going to be I'm going to have to wrestle with God for quite a while. I'm going to be very upset, but. At the end of the day, my faith is God has the best life plan for me, whatever that is. And that somehow we got it. I, I, and I mean, I know you've heard this stuff a million times. So one, one thing I was going to get back to, though, you said earlier, like, you, you know, you want your kids to question and, uh, you know, the things that you say. But how, I think that's where I think we ended up differing is how far do you take that? Because do you want your kids to test jumping off a bridge? Do you want your kids to test that, you know, touching the top of a stove or not or talk whatever? to you for one year? Yeah, not talk to you for one year yeah
3: they may choose to do that <laughs> at some point, no, I think touching the top of a stove or jumping off a bridge, the difference with those is that that there is actual evidence that those things will kill you or hurt you badly. Um, you know, so I would say you know based on what anybody that's ever tried those things has discovered is that you know they don't end well, and I would therefore you know try my best to keep them from doing those things.
0: Whereas we don't have any evidence that believing in God pays off or not.
3: Right. I see. Now, say, I
1: I, the, I think that uh, the atheist that I respect the most is Nietzsche and just how he basically came to grips with the fact that if there is no God, everything is depressing, everything is meaningless, everything is, is just horrible. Like. I I think I'm getting a, a bigger picture, but I don't wanna put words in your mouth. I mean, you seem to not be in an experiment season per se, as much as it seems like you're in a season of just disbelief and um, you know, basically questioning the God of the Bible. So I, yeah. I guess I guess going into this, I was thinking that you were, you know, a believer that was like, huh, I wonder what life is like just kind of avoiding God, ignoring God, where it sounds like you actually maybe don't believe in
0: God. Well, Joey, I mean, to his defense, he's just doing a really good job at his experiment, possibly, right? Even during, <laughs> right?
3: <laughs> Well, I, I possibly don't believe in God. That's correct. I mean, yeah. I, I think the only way... I guess what I decided was I could be a Christian holding on to my belief and examine atheism from that perspective, or I could step inside of the thing that i'm examining and look at it from the inside Mm -hmm. and i always encouraged people who were visiting my church to do that with christianity i you know i said to them rather than examine christianity from like this sort of faux neutral position where you're just going to examine it as an intellectual exercise step inside uh the christian story and examine it from inside and so i guess i'm doing the same thing in reverse i'm Mm -hmm entering into, you know, performatively entering into the experience of being an atheist, which means I, for the most part, I'm, I'm trying to bracket my defensiveness about atheist claims. So, and just sort of say, okay, well, that's what atheists think. So I'm just going to examine that for, you know, really what it's worth.
2: So what's the, what's the best thing about being an atheist then?
3: I mean, you know, that's a good question. I think the best thing about being an atheist is the diminishment of
0: of guilt Wow, so yeah, I, I can see that well, you know what that points to to me though F- first of all, I think a, a good observation is the closest thing to what you 're doing right now sounds like a uh, cop deep undercover in a drug world kind of thing' is what it really reminds <laughs> me of you have to take care of and you have to really get in with these people to do it, and like i said you 're doing a kick ass job of that. it sounds like, so I think you 're doing a, a terrific job of this what it What it calls into question with me is how this works out is. If you ever had previously as a Christian, when you were a practicing Christian, had a spiritual, supernatural uh, experience where you felt or God or whatever, how how does that work out? Did you not have that before? If you did, uh, do you just simply deny that now or tell yourself that that must have been something else?
3: Yeah, I definitely had moments of transcendence, moments of, you know, prayer and even the meditation, Bible reading, where I was inspired, moved even to tears in worship or you know, hearing a profound sermon or something. But at the time you,
0: you thought, Jesus is talking to me, I'm communicating with the Holy Spirit, and now you must say about
3: that what? Well, I mean, I, I guess I would say I'm moved to tears by watching Marley and me,
0: mm-hmm.
3: honestly. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I just think that's... We are moved by profound ideas, but but
0: at some point you would have told another person, I engaged with the Holy Spirit and felt the presence of God, and now yes. you must look at that in reverse and say, I thought it was that, it was not
2: that.
3: Uh, yeah, right. I would say, that, or I haven't come to an absolute conclusion about that, but at this point, what I would say is, it could be those other things. Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, a, you know the the emotional experience that we have when we look at our children or when we look at the stars or a beautiful sunset. We all have these transcendent experiences and they don't have to point to a God. You know. And so, so the question for me during this experiment is what if they don't?
1: If the worst thing imaginable happened to you right now, and let's say you, you lost all of your family in a car wreck, mm. do you think that you'd be like, okay, time out on this. I've, I've got to at least, turn to a God that
0: might be there, or do you think you'd yeah. stick it out with the experiment? Or even even more or more significant than that, like you heard that there was trouble with your family, they were in a car accident, and you didn't know if they were going to make it or not. Would you then turn to God for help?
3: You know, I might work that into my, God forbid, or somebody forbid, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha! Gotcha! gotcha. <laughs> congratulations guys (laughs) Uh, experiment experiment. is over (laughs) (laughs) um i i think i would work that into this experiment i would have to you know because i think i would be really moved to reach out to something someone god you know uh and in a way, it would be the ultimate test, you know. But even so, like people live and die every day that are prayed for.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
3: So people way. people are prayed for and they live, people are prayed for and they die. And there, to my knowledge, there is no pattern, recognizable pattern to that type of prayer. Do you know of anything like that where that people that are prayed for Without knowing about it, get better, and I mean there have been studies like that done, and people who engage in prayer experience, you know, physical benefits. um,
1: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I know where you're going, and I guess for me, that question doesn't even matter. I mean, just if if God is out there and eternity is a true thing. I, I don't, you know, it's sad when someone dies at an early age, but that doesn't make me question, you know, God as far as he answered right. or he didn't. But from a human humanitarian um, perspective, how are you serving people doing this?
3: Yeah, you know, I honestly, I started off just doing this for myself, but the fact that I blogged about it sort of implies that I was doing it for other people too. People that might be in a similar situation as me really torn Um, you know, there are a lot of people that would be envious of you guys, you know, they're, they're listening to you and they're thinking, I wish I could believe like they do. Like I, and I'm one of those, like, I want to believe, like, I'm not doing this just because I like woke up on December 31st, 2013 and I was bored and I was like, gosh, I need a, you know, some kind of project to do this year. I, I was really at a moment of, man, I put my entire life into the God thing and, I'm at a place where I just really don't know if I can sustain this belief that I've had. It's sort of, it's eroding. And I, there are a lot of people that say, I mean, Christians often mistakenly accuse atheists of not wanting to believe. Yeah. And, and to atheists, that, that statement is almost like nonsensical. Like they don't even know what, like you don't want to believe something. You either believe it or you don't, or there's evidence for it or there isn't. I don't want to believe in gravity or not believe in gravity. I just happen to experience gravity when I trip, mm-hmm. you know. I'm like, so that we'd is.
0: want to point out, though, that I, I say the same thing about my Christianity. I would not believe it. I don't want to believe it. I, I experience it much in the same way, however.
3: Right. Yeah, it's not wishful thinking on your part. Right. You, I, don't, I don't think it is, at least. Yeah, you just want to believe You You actually just believe it. You've had an experience that you identify That's as right. God.
0: Now, you know what? One re- the reason that I think that you're compelling and wanted to have you on this show is because there is like uh, our listenership is, is super, super diverse, and one of the largest components of Bad Christians' audience are people who are no longer Christians. Of course, we are, and, and our point of view is well-known and documented. There's a million teachers and people that, that can say the theology and everything a lot better than we can, but the people that we encounter playing music, being on the road, are they exactly like you and they're, they say the same types of things uh, that you're saying and they're saying, I always wanted to believe, I wish I did believe, I tried for so long, uh, and then it's just it's not real or, or God let me down or there's something wrong with me, but I just don't believe that stuff that you believe. That is a huge, I, I just want you to know, people that are listening today, a lot of them uh, identify pretty much entirely with you, I would say.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's a matter of... Um for me, it's a matter of saying is, I'm trying to think of a good analogy where, where you have all this data that you've been accumulating throughout your life. And you don't think of it as data, you just think of it as your life. But you've, for your entire life, you've found a way to incorporate that data into your belief in God. Uh, in, in part, probably because you were raised with the belief in God, or you were compellingly convinced by someone at, an, at a later age that God was real, or you had an experience or something. And so when you encounter some experience or data, so to say, that doesn't fit that experience, you find a way through theology or interpretation or whatever to fit, fit it in there. Confirmation and, bias. Yeah, perhaps. And I think I just stepped, stepped back and I'm like, is there another explanation for all of this that's simpler or that makes more logical sense? And I think a lot of people that you're describing, people who say, I used to believe, I really wanted to believe, I just can't pull it off anymore, are people that say... There's just, to me, a better explanation. And a better explanation is that, you know, some people beat cancer and some people don't, you know. And it's always cancer, you know. It's never that, like an amputee grows an arm back. It's never that, you know. It's always cancer because you can't examine it, and it's so random.
0: But here's the thing that I find that's really weird, and maybe you'd find this consistent with what you believe, but the people that leave Christianity often are those that experience uh, suffering or trauma or loss, and it's very, very, very seldom is it in uh, intellectual decision. If you get to talking to these people, they'll tell you about how when they lost their mother or their child or something happened to them or even a breakup. And then that's when they decided that, that this God thing that they'd been trying to do wasn't real. So is that is that the case for you at all? Because if so, that is where you differ from our from our audience or, or 99% of the people that I meet. Because typically they give intellectual answers, but it's really an emotional uh, reason that I find that they leave Christianity?
3: Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I was just, um, I did a podcast recording with Penn Gillette at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I and saw
0: it, that. That's pretty really awesome,
3: by the way. Yeah, he, he, and he's awesome. And it's yeah, just that's a great podcast. It just went up and he, you know, he brings this up and he, he says, you know, you, you talk to a Christian and they'll say to an atheist, what happened to you? <laughs> you know, what, you know, what happened, but, but what you talk to an atheist talks to an atheist and they say, what were you reading? And, uh, and, you know, Penn, Penn goes to great lengths to say my pastor, my family pastor was a great guy. Mm-hmm. My experience in church was awesome. My growing up experience of, of church was great too. And I think I began to lose my faith while I was still a pastor, while I was still teaching people to how to hold on to their faith. In a way, it was me trying to hold on to my faith and finding ways, because I had a very young postmodern congregation, people who, many of whom didn't know what they believed, but they were coming to church every week. And so it was a very real environment where it wasn't just say the cliches, Christian cliches, and everybody says amen and claps at the end. It was, it was people who came to church and were like, I dare you to convince me, please help me hold on to my faith. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, I'll do my best. I, you know, I don't think that there is any and I think most Christians would freely admit there is no empirical evidence for Christianity. So
0: as an open-minded individual, if you were really being open-minded and just flat honest, what percentage do you think chance there is that you will complete your life as a believer or an atheist? If there's that 75, 25 or 99 1. <laughs> like you sound like you are still open to God. You say you're just barely persuaded as atheism right now. So if you had to put it mathematically, how would you put it?
3: On the existence of God?
0: Yeah, I mean, no. Whether or not you will change again and where you would finish up in life.
3: I mean, I don't know that I will be... I would say the odds are fairly low of me being a sort of an orthodox Christian, mm-hmm. you know, believing in, you know, things that most evangelicals believe in, like the virgin birth and the literal resurrection of Jesus and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm pretty clear I'm, I'm, the thing I'm clearest about is that there's a lot that I don't know. And really, I'm not sure I'm, any of us are capable of knowing with that sort of certainty. And even when I was a Christian, I would frequently say to my congregation, look, the Bible says that just shall live by faith, but it doesn't say that just shall live by certainty. So I, I don't think certainty is a Christian value per se. And to, to strive for that was never something that I put a lot of time into what, what atheists will say is you know, that faith is actually a bad thing. It causes us to place our confidence in things we have no evidence for. Um, and so uh, I, and I, I guess I have a new appreciation for that. I want to see evidence for the things that I stake my life on. Mm-hmm. And, and so in that, by that token, I don't, I don't think I'll be um, a, a, like a consistent, confident theist necessarily. But I don't know that I could be, rule out spirituality
0: um, in some
2: form
3: yeah spirituality in some form um some sort of connectedness between people
2: I have a cool last question i want to ask, i want to ask you this question I want you to answer answer honestly I know you'll probably say, well, for the benefit of mankind, but why would you go a year without God instead of like a year without helping people or try a year of racism and see how that if those folks might <laughs> be right I, I mean like and the only reason I ask that is, like, why not try to be a year of a dictator cause, or a, a head guy of a sex slave organization that rules people and makes and th- those things actually, I mean, as despicable as they are, the reason why people do them is because it benefits them and they get money out of it or power or whatever they want to do. Why would it be, it, it, it feels like kind of a cop-out to say, well, I'll, I'll just give up God, but I'll still be good. There's still more, you know, I'll still be this, but I mean, I'll give up God. Why not, like, really go for it? Like, hey, I'm going to give up. God. And so if God is good, I'm going to try pure evil for a little
3: while. I'm really, you know, with, I don't you know. I don't know you guys personally. And I, I just like, I'm really disturbed by the question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I'm really, because I think what it does is it implies that God <laughs> equals morality and not God equals immorality. And and I, this is a pervasive, I think, misunderstanding among non-Christians. Non-Christ- no, what, what,
2: what, what I would say is the reason why I ask that question is because I would say that God is good. So the reason why you cling to the things that are good is because that feels right. Those other things feel terrible. I'm not gonna be, you're not going to be a racist. You wouldn't try to be a racist because, oh, yeah, that's bad. But being without God, you can live with that because, you know, you still get to be good. But my question would be is that God is good. So that's, that's why I think you cling to that because I don't know if you can actually escape from God because he is good
3: um i I don't know i I think i see i think i see where you're going with this which is to say uh it's too easy and and i would i would put that back to you guys and say if it's so easy to go without god then why bother like if that's not a big thing if that's not a big deal yeah well um, if it's not that big of a challenge why believe in god if it's that if it's that discardable or not not that that easy i mean i think my personal experience is that it's been really hard uh, to to feel alone in the universe, to kind of come to the realization that perhaps, you know, it's just us here and the loss of Christian community, the loss of my employment. I don't have, you know, I, very much of an. I'm going in the red every every month in my personal finances. I mean, I've lost everything as a result of this. So it's not as though, you know, it's easy for me. And the reason I don't do those other bad things is because I intuitively know as a human being that those are bad things and I don't want to be a bad person. I want to be a good person. And part of me questioning uh, the role of God in my life is actually to say, am I wasting my time with this? Could I be doing something more important than worrying about what God thinks if God's not there?
2: But I mm-hmm. think you just when you say good, I think you're just talking about on the macro level. I, I think you still do probably rotten things in a bad moment when you're caught oh, in a bad sure. moment or something. So, so I mean, I, I think overall that's, that's what I'm getting at. It's just, it does feel a bit easy to say, okay, well, I'll just give up on God because, you know, that, that, that's where I'm at. And, and I think it's, it's just bizarre to like you, like you're saying you miss parts of your old life or the idea of thinking about missing God. Like that, that, that doesn't seem like just a, a natural progression of, you know, life or, or what that would be, uh, even to the point of why not even just try to, you know, I mean, if, you, if, if there is no God, why not just make money and fake Christianity or whatever it was? You know, you, you know what I mean? Like, okay. I mean, like you, you're holding to an invisible thing called truth. Like that, 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 that means something. You know what? Truth to you actually means something. And, and I feel like that, that seems like just an arbitrary thing as much as God would be.
3: I mean, I think because I've grown up as an honest person. And so to me, this is the pursuit of truth. This is this is my attempt to be honest about what I believe and what my core values are. I wouldn't fake being a Christian and make a bunch of money as a megachurch pastor or whatever, because that wouldn't be honest. I couldn't pull it off. You know what I right. mean? Like, I can't. And my question, I guess my question to you would be like, what? difference, is is God's role in your life simply to keep you from doing these bad things? No,
0: I wouldn't say that, but let me flip this just a little bit and say that what we're identifying is, what what you're saying is, you are a good person, you were raised good, you want to be good, you want to do these good things, and you don't necessarily need God to do that. We also have established that Christians and non-Christians' morality is pretty similar, which we'd also agree with, and if anything, all I'm saying is that uh, God's primary function isn't to keep me good, but Goodness gracious, what a benefit that is that he has changed my life and is changing my life because I don't identify naturally as good. I I actually naturally would not be monogamous. I would be I don't know that necessarily I'd be violent or anything, but I would be dishonest and I would not be monogamous. And I'm not saying that God put rules on me to make me be those things, but I am thankful that he's from my experience, changed me from the inside to make me not desire those things in that way, in which, in which case that's undeniable for me because my desires are for that. So therefore, he has changed me, not put rules on me. That's the way I would say it.
3: One of the questions that I've honestly been asking a lot of Christians is what difference does God make in your life? And on a, like you said, on a macro level, if morality and personal enjoyment and happiness and all of those things are roughly equivalent on the positive and negative side Mm -hmm. For Christians and non-Christians, then, you know, is it just like, you know, some people like Picasso and other people like, you know, I don't know, Matisse, you know, and it's just a matter of personal preference.
0: Well, that's that's what I'm saying. You have to take people, individuals like Toby and myself. So on a macro level, yes, Christians, non-Christians appear the same. On a individual level, you have these individuals like Toby or myself that, apart from God, without His action in our life, we would be actually bad. So to me, that would be a hundred percent a bad situation, and I would be worse. Yeah. Let me ask. Yeah, I, you would
3: you say, I would say stick with it then.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me ask
1: let me ask you this: um, if you if you see a lion run after a gazelle and grab it by the neck and like slam it on the ground and
0: do you do you think man that's that's evil yeah what separates the, the humanity from other uh, the rest of nature then as far as morality then and i and i think the answer to that would be that it's
1: it's going after food but what about a pit bull that just grabs another dog for the heck of it
0: and just kills but, it you you wouldn't necessarily how do you see as a humanist humanity above the rest of animals then Yeah, what about an elephant?
3: (laughs) (laughs) What about a meerkat? A meerkat, I like where you're going with this. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I would just say that this is is nature. This is, uh, you know, predation is a part of nature. The difference with human beings is that we've developed consciousness. We're aware of ourselves and other people in a way that is different than the way most animals, most, uh, most other mammals are aware. Aware of themselves they we have the ability as humans uh i would say due to you know our the evolutionary process to reflect upon our own existence and to say here i am i can think about my thinking i can think about my behavior and i can uh you know i think all animals are so
0: with our consciousness comes our responsibility you would say
3: comes Absolutely Hey uh
2: Ryan, uh we're gonna wrap up here, but uh hey, we, we honestly wanna thank you. I know yeah, this has like yeah. been three against one and we we're pretty boisterous no, it's and been loud. Really good. So so uh we really, honestly, really do appreciate your point of view and, and really respect you for coming on here and uh and saying what you believe. That the biggest thing that bothers us about Christianity is that at le- at least you're making some kind of decision or at least you're saying something it's way worse it feels like just to just to float through and go well i don't know i'll just i'll show up on sunday and that's about it that that stuff really bothers us so um we want to also uh we do this with every guest like you but I just want to really quickly this is like a little prayer we say if any evil spirits have attached themselves to us or oppressed us in any way we we command you spirits of earth air fire water of the netherworld or of nature to depart now and go straight and go straight to Jesus Christ for him to deal with with you That's a, I found a, I found a tract this is a tract that I found I was going to, and I just want to say, <laughs> no, no offense to you, Ryan. I just, I just need to say that prayer, dude. <laughs> I'm honored. Hey, so yeah, you guys make sure you check out www.yearwithoutgod.com, uh, yearwithoutgodfilm.com. Hey, Ryan, um, I I think this will
0: work out. I think I can see a whole franchise coming. Next year is a year without Buddha. Next year, a year without Vishnu. <laughs> yeah, a year without Confucius. You're, you're in good shape. You're gonna be all right.
3: Yeah. There's so many things I can live without. <laughs> you could
0: do a year without. That's a great franchise thing. A year without math. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: that would be great. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, thanks so much for having me on, you guys.
0: Yeah, man. All right. So that was Pastor Ryan Bell. What else we got today, gentlemen? Toby, we're going to do news, right?
2: Uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind doing a little bit
0: of news if that would do be have okay de- with you Do you have ideas. depressing stories today or do we have more fun ones? Uh,
2: I don't know. I think, Joey, is, is there anything that's off limits? Like what will make you not depressed? What what news stories make you like can can be like a boost to your morale right now?
1: Uh, Green Bay Packer victories. Well, they're Clemson. not playing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: <laughs> Stuff about maybe like food or <laughs> <laughs> what?
1: no orphans
0: uh getting help
2: orphans getting help well we'll see what
0: we got all right let's do some news
2: okay hi this is news with toby i'm toby (laughs) morrell i'm here with your news you keep working all that
0: that's good i
2: like it toby good evening everybody uh Tonight, I have a few news articles that I would like to uh, discuss with you. Um, I'm first... Joey Spencer. No, yes, Joey. Th- Stay Joey, out of Toby's stop. news. Stop. Get out of my segment. Dude, you do this every time. <laughs> Make it's your really... own segment. It really hurts my feelings. I feel like it's very disrespectful. I just want to—I'm being honest. And I'm Toby's friend. Come on. No, you're not. Toby, you what are... you got? Well, just so happens that the, uh, they had to cancel the Harvard Satanic Black Mass no. after, out- after the outrage. There was outrage. People tried to do it. A Harvard student group planned a satanic black mass, and it's been canceled after widespread condemnation from religious and educational leaders who called the event an affront to the faithful. Uh, (laughs) MyFoxBoston.com. (laughs) MyFoxBoston.com. Report said the Harvard Extension Cultural Studies Club announced Monday that it would no longer hold the event because negotiations broke down with the group and the bar <laughs> that it was scheduled to be held at. And I just, I just stopped right there because I just felt bad. I like, I mean, Satan can't even get into a bar. I mean, come on. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, they, I mean. What's this world coming to, man? I feel I feel finally for the
0: first time kindred with those satanists. You know they get they get persecuted just like we do.
2: Yeah, I mean they just Very all they good. want to do have a little event at a bar, and they won't even let Satan in the bar. I wonder if he's getting mad about you know like public outcries over this stuff. So maybe we should pray for Satan. Maybe we should. Maybe we should. All right. I, this one kind of affected me, and this is from Yahoo News. So. <laughs> I don't make this up. That is true. The last one was from Fox. So, uh, What's causing your foggy brain? And it says check these five possibilities because, I, you know, I feel like sometimes my brain is very foggy. Mm-hmm. It's fogged up, if you know what I mean. I got a fogged up brain. Uh, Can I say that on air? Yep. One, I don't know. I don't think, Matt, this one affects us, but it might affect Joey. Menopause. um, (laughs) I don't know. It says that when ladies go through menopause, it affects their mood, and uh, they have severity of their hot flashes. They have loss of memory. It could be that. Um, It says you might have... Too many open tabs, meaning you just have you're multitasking too much. Yep. Too many things on your mind, so your brain eventually goes. You know, it'd be like if you were trying to lift seven weights with your hands and feet and all that, right. that stuff. I don't think I have that
0: one. Neither one of those explains me. What else?
2: Yeah, pregnancy brain. Uh, no. You know, when women when women are pregnant. Uh, chemo brain, they say. Uh, okay. Like when when cancer patients are going through chemo, that a lot of times. Uh, wow. It causes a short term memory problem. None of those still for me. What and, else? And, and you got to have something for me. Chronic fatigue syndrome.
0: Hmm.
2: It says the symptoms of syndrome includes memory or concentration loss, sore throat, painful lymph nodes, muscle pain, pain that moves from joint to joint, headache, rough sleep, extreme tiredness. Uh, these are all symptoms that Toby Morell has. That's basically what it says. So, so you think you might, have
0: that last one there?
2: I, I, I might potentially have CFS. That's what I like to call it.
0: You know, I'm surprised that there's not one like if you like my dad always said he drank too much beer and that's why I couldn't remember anything. So how's that? Wouldn't substance abuse not be one?
2: No, it wasn't. Well, I, that's they probably good. Just, they probably wanted to stay away from that one because that one sounds like sadder. Because
0: I never know if that's really true well, or not. Like if you, sad. If you drink a lot and you lose brain cells or smoke pot and stuff like that, you'd think that would probably affect your... Brain and make it fun.
2: Yeah, I think there's too many really super smart alcoholics. I just really think that that might be the case. But you know, I don't know. I've drank beer and I'm definitely dumber. So you think that's why? I don't know. I I mean, I mean I'm dumber. You just get dumber when you get older. I know. Yeah, I think I think part of it's just my genes. You know what I mean? Like just, you know, I don't know. My my family are smart, but uh you know, my dad doesn't have the best memory. He he's a smart guy, but his yeah, memory is pretty a... sharp. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. Hopefully, I'll I'll keep living. I don't know. This CFS is pretty tough on me. All right. Moving on to ABC News. Uh, It says a man loses his phone, and uh, the cops return his phone to him, but it's not a good day to get his phone back because this man, the owner, Tyler Sanderson, who's 23, actually had a— as his wallpaper, a picture of him standing in front of 18 pounds of marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> the marijuana is worth approximately $50,000, an amount rarely seen by the Franklin County Sheriff's Office. So he was immediately arrested by the Frankfort, Kentucky really? police. You yep. can get arrested for having a picture well, on I mean, your phone? A, yeah, I mean, it's an illegal amount, and that's just a... You but know, it's just a picture. A, but I bet that meant they had probable cause to go in his house and find it, is what I would I think say. that sucks. So I think you got to protect those
0: freedoms, man. What is it, Fourth Amendment? We got to get stronger on that Fourth Amendment, I think.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty intense, man. So, and then lastly, guys, um, did you hear about old Casey Kasem being missing? No, I didn't. His wife uh, has basically, they his children are trying to sue or get a court order to get him back, but basically. Um, His wife, Jean Kasem, is accused of secreting away the 82-year-old former DJ who actually has pretty severe Parkinson's, um, and they're saying that it could jeopardize his health uh, because he is 82 years old. Where does she take him? What? Where does she take him? Uh, They don't know. That's what they're trying to figure out. Now, there is potentially, he has been taken away from California, and he might be on an Indian reservation in Washington. Weird. His family uh, is really upset. They're worried they can't find him. Um, You know, They're saying a bunch of stuff, but they're just pretty upset. It says, Gene and the rest of the family did reach an agreement to allow visitation with Casey. At the time of the prior court proceeding, it was reported that Casey suffered from advanced Parkinson's disease, was mentally impaired, and could not walk. Casey's daughter now reports that he suffers from dementia, and uh, so he's just in real bad shape, and they're just trying to get with their dad. And I'm certain probably a lot of this might be also money. You know, I, I mean, I don't I guess you can't say for sure speculation here, but uh, that the wife wants the money. The kids want some money, too. And, and obviously they love their dad. So
0: essentially you got kidnapped at yeah. 82.
2: Yeah. So and they, nobody knows where he's at. So they're trying to get a court order to get him back. Keep Casey in your prayers, if you would. I mean, you know, he was the voice behind Shaggy, you know. Yeah. Casey, Casey
0: was Shaggy the dog's voice?
2: Yeah. Was, Zoinks! That was him. Oh, wow.
1: That's not the dog. Shaggy's the tall lanky dude. Oh, Shaggy, not
2: Scooby. Like soy, Scoob! Matt, you might have CFS. Sorry, dude. I do. Or you might be pregnant. My brain is also fogged up. It's so fogged up right now, man. So, anyway. So, yeah, that's the end of my new segment. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate you listening.
0: Thank you, Toby. (laughs)
2: Thanks.
0: (laughs) Well, Joey, I'm sorry you've been depressed today. Did did our podcast brighten your mood at all? No, it honestly
2: made me tired. (laughs) Well, thanks for bringing us down, man. This has been like an awesome podcast for us. Thanks for bringing us down. We're just going
0: to end this one real, just sad. So, uh, life
2: sucks, right, Joey? No, you probably. The only way out of life is to die.
0: No, I love Jesus. All right, well, everything sucks, right, Joey? No, I don't. I
1: don't. I mean,
2: Joey, everything sucks, right? Yep. Nope. Joey is not good. No, things aren't good. Joey
0: is not okay.
2: Joey is not okay. Is it? It's not going to be okay, Joey.
1: Now I have a great family that I look forward to getting to very soon. So yeah, maybe we but, can uh, stop mean, this. <laughs> <laughs> what other stuff? Uh, I, well, I love Jesus. I'm glad I get to be in heaven forever. Yeah, man of duds, he love you.
2: <laughs> I mean, you love him, but yeah, keep going. Does he love me back? What? Yeah.
1: <laughs> what else, bud? What else you have that's good? I don't have to hang out with you tonight. Well, or, I mean, or tomorrow. That's not. That's bad. No, that's that's actually
0: sad for you. No, it's great. All right, Joey. Well, you know, keep your head up and stay off of the bad Christian comment pages. Okay, buddy?
2: Yep. All right. And get
0: better, and we'll talk to you soon.
2: Yeah, thanks for bumming me out.
0: Double up on the Zoloff tonight. All right,
2: see you later. <laughs> Triple up on it, too. <laughs>